On the church calendar today is Trinity Sunday. And some of you may have come here expecting that we were going to be expounding on the Trinity and that you would leave here with a full and complete understanding of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and their interaction one with another. I hate to disappoint you. (laughs) All I can tell you is it is a mystery. It is a mystery that we will never fathom in this life. But one of the great joys of eternity is that all the questions we have ever had, all the wonder that has filled our heart, all the concerns that we have ever had in our lifetime, Jesus said, will be satisfied to the fullest. And you will know the mystery of the Trinity. So I must put you off for a while until another time and allow God to do that for you. However, on Trinity Sunday, having followed Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church, the readings all direct us to the work of the Holy Spirit who has authority over the church and who guides us in living the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope that this sermon will help you to understand that responsibility that you have as followers of Jesus Christ. The story is told of a young, rather learned man who traveled many miles in search of a great master, a wise man, whom he hoped would reveal to him the mysteries of life and help him to understand the world in which he functioned. He traveled many, many miles and went high on the mountains in a far and distant country. And when he found the master, he was so excited about having reached his goal and being in the presence of this learned and humble minister of God's word that he began to babble. He was trying to impress the good master about his sincerity and about all the things that he had experienced in life in the hopes that the good master would look kindly upon him and accept him as a disciple. And so he heard himself babbling about all of the accomplishments he had done in life, all the education that he had, the places he had gone, places he had visited, the people he had met along the way. And in the midst of all of this carrying on, the master quietly rose from his seat and brought to the young disciple a cup of hot tea filled to the brim. And he gave it to the disciple. And when he gave it to him, he began to pour more tea into the cup until the cup began to overflow into the saucer. And the disciple said, Master, wait. The cup is already full. Don't pour any more. But the master kept pouring hot tea into the cup. 
Now it had spilled beyond the saucer and it had actually splattered into the lap of the young man. And he jumped up confused and worried and concerned and quite warm from the scalding tea that had spilled into his lap and all over the floor. And he said, Master, stop. Can't you see the cup is already full? There is no more room for anything. And with that, the master spoke very deliberately to him and said, Neither can I teach you anything. At least not now. Because you are already too full of all the things that you think you know. Come back after life has made you spill some of the contents of your cup and you have room and then we will talk. Every parent, every teacher, every mentor knows that moment in his relationship to the student or child whom he loves that he is trying to pass on the information of life. And he's able to look into the eyes of that person and see that they are not ready to receive what they want so desperately to share with them. That their ears are closed and their mind has already left the building. And there is no room for them to take anything more at this time. There may come a time later on when they are more receptive and will be able to hear and learn from what's being passed on to them. But right now, it's simply a waste. And we have no choice but to wait. No choice but to wait. Let me give you a few examples between a father and his son. Son, I need to instruct you in the responsibilities of driving. Now that you're 16 years old, you need to understand your responsibilities. Oh, Dad, I know what you're going to say even before you say it. I don't need you to tell me anything. I know what to do. Just give me the keys. Sound familiar? Or think of this interchange between a mother and her daughter. Rebecca, you're going to be leaving and going off to college in a few days. And I want you to be aware of the danger that you faced with the opportunities you will have to get involved in alcohol and other drugs at the college scene. Promise me you'll keep a good girlfriend close to you at all parties so that the two of you can keep each other accountable to one another. Oh, Mom, you worry too much. 
I'm almost 18 years old. I know what I'm doing. Besides, college isn't like it was when you went to school. It's different now. You don't understand. Or for those of us who live in the low country, how about this one? Mrs. Jones, I have to tell you there is a Category 5 hurricane bearing down on this very stretch of beach and you have got to evacuate now. Oh, Sonny, you worry too much. I know you police are only doing your duty by warning us, but I want you to know I have lived in this house for 20 years since my husband built it. And we never left because of some little storm. But the best example, of course, for us is the one we just heard declared in the gospel. Jesus is spending some quality hours with his apostles in the upper room before going to his death. And he knows how the circumstances of his death are going to unsettle his followers. And he wants to prepare them for that time. And so he begins to try to talk to them about what is going to be happening. But all he has to do is look at them. And he can see by looking into their eyes and into their hearts that they are already filled to the brim with all of the things that they have been involved in with following him. He wants to talk to them about suffering and death. And all they can think about is the great Palm Sunday celebration when Jesus triumphantly entered in Jerusalem amidst all the hosannas and the hallelujahs. He wants to explain to them about Servant ministry. Bringing the gospel to others and serving the people who will receive the good news of the gospel. And all they want to do is posture with one another about which one is more important than the other one is and which one is going to be sitting at the right hand of Jesus and which at the left hand when he comes into his kingdom. Jesus wants to tell them about the spiritual kingdom that he wants to establish here on this earth. But they're too steeped in the nation of Israel that is still writhing under the pain of the occupation of the Roman armies. Listen again to Jesus' words. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you simply cannot accept it now. But I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and when the Spirit comes, he will bring you into all truth and understanding. Those were words that Jesus spoke to his disciples of the first century 
And those are words that he speaks to us today, his disciples in the 21st century. And you can feel the pleading in his voice. There is so much more that I want you to know and to understand. But you have allowed yourself to become too full of all the activities of this world. You're too burdened with all the things that you think you're struggling with in this life. And you simply do not have room to accept the things that I want to share with you now. Jesus is pleading with us to be receptive to his desire to share the meaning of the gospel with us and to make our lives joyful and complete. St. Paul understood this and he talked about the struggle that we have in this life and how the pressures of this life put things on us that stretch us beyond our ability to handle it. And he says, you have got to learn to not conform to the things that the world wants to make of you, but to accept the gospel and to begin the process of transforming this world, not conforming with it, but transforming it with the power of the gospel that I want so dearly to share with you. All of us come to church on Sunday and we come to worship God and to hear a message and hope we will go out with our life improved. But all too often, we miss most of what takes place here. We don't feel the real reality of being lifted from this world in which we live into the very presence of God through song and ancient prayers that have blessed God's people for centuries. And we have got to learn to empty ourselves of all of those extraneous things that attach themselves to us and to be receptive to what God wants to give to us when we come together in this place. Sometime the circumstances of this life God allows to beat us down, to take away some of our joy, to make us realize that we can't handle things on our own. And we find ourselves pleading for God to come and to fill us with his presence and to give us his grace and his strength to endure the unendurable circumstances that we find ourselves in because of some foolish choice that we have made or just the happenstances of life that insinuate themselves into our world. But we don't need to wait until those things happen to us. What Jesus is really pleading for this day 
is to begin voluntarily to divest ourselves of the clutter that we allow to fill our hearts and our minds that do not leave room for him to come in and to move in our life. And here at St. Paul's, we are dedicated to providing so many opportunities for you to go through that cleaning process and unclutter your life and fill it with the things that you need to have in it. The small groups that we, that we have that meet and discuss all of the practical problems of life that each one of them are dealing with in a situation in which there is a level of trust with one another that they can share at a very special level and allow the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to them. We have so many Bible study opportunities here where we can spend time with God's Word and allow the power of the Word of God to transform our life and to free us from that clutter. We have special intensive opportunities like Curcio to go away for a weekend and encounter the Holy Spirit in a very special way and surrender ourselves to him and allow him to come in and show us how to live our lives. And we can go back to the very basics of taking part in an alpha program and getting back to the simple understanding of God's relationship to us and how he wants to work in our life. We have so many opportunities to do that, and that's why we have a Trinity Sunday when we can emphasize the working of the Holy Spirit that was the fulfillment of Jesus' words 2,100 years ago when he said, there's so much I want you to know, but you can't bear it now but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Be open to that Spirit and allow Him to come in and move in your heart and change your life and use you in a powerful way for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I beg you to use this service today to begin that process of divesting yourself of all the worldly attachments that have moved in to your life and open yourself up so that the Spirit can come and awaken you to all truth and put the joy of the gospel in your heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into the hearts of your people. Come like the wind and blow away the cobwebs that have assinuated themselves into the corners of their life. Come like the fire and burn out that debris that has accumulated in the hearts and make room for you. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And make of us a new creation. <laughs>